on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. A new study reveals the true impact, or lack thereof, of last year's Facebook ads boycott, but advertisers should take what really matters into their own hands. Smart shopping campaigns may finally live up to the name. A little bit. <laughs> Thought last week's ad fraud discussion was fun with a PH? Get the final verdict this week. And things got uber shady there, too. Will the real Mark Saltarelli please stand up? And I didn't rant, but I did have some thoughts on Facebook. Just a little bit. <laughs> didn't <then>. rant? <laughs> Last week, Greg was looking to take you down to the Poconos. This week, he comes from a land down under. <laughs> no, <laughs> on today's show. <laughs> Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news, a proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios, located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. I'm Mark Saltarelli. And I'm Jess Budd. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on January 22nd, 2021. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news show on YouTube or your favorite podcast player each and every Friday morning. All your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. And if you want to join the conversation, just hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. What's happening, y'all? I feel like this was the week for me that I'll remember. The entire digital marketing community joined Clubhouse. I feel like everywhere I looked, people are joining Clubhouse. Right? Did, did, is that what happened to you so last week? I joined. A lot of people have joined. There have been rooms. They did PPC chat this week on Clubhouse. And I haven't joined a single one <laughs> because it's like I accident. I didn't realize what Clubhouse was. Like PPC Greg invited me and I had no, I just, I was like another social media. And then I accidentally clicked on a room and I was like, who are all these people talking? What are they talking about? I was so confused. And now I'm just like, this is great, but I don't have like the time to like take out of my day and like talk about marketing while I'm like trying to do, I think it's great. And I love that everyone is on there. But the thing I like about Twitter is that I can think of something, put it out there, people can respond to it, and then I can come back to it when I have time. And this is like, I'm not gonna, I love the idea and I love that some people love it, but I can't just sit here and talk for half an hour. <laughs> yeah. That's all you do, Mark. Newsflash. <laughs> well, anyway, I, you I, as, soon as, as soon as I said that, I was like, oh. A few other happenings went on as well. But Jess, what did you do happen to you this past week? I have discovered that I have a new bucket list item on my bucket list. So we've been watching a lot of YouTube in my home and we found this guy and he calls himself Shoestring and he hops trains oh and like God. travels the country. But it's so cool. Like he sits okay. in train yards and he knows where trains are going. He's like, oh, that one's on its way to Philadelphia and like all this stuff. And he has all this knowledge of like train culture. Question. Do you yeah. know why he's called Shoestring? He he calls himself that. I don't know why. I bet there's a good story. There probably is. The good, the goodest, the best story I've heard from him so far is actually a really sad story. He's missing a couple fingers, but it's like so true to form that he fell asleep on the train track and he woke up and a train was coming and it ran over his hand. 
And it's just like that. Not that's not my bucket list item, but I just think it would be so cool to hop a train and like this guy is living. He's living, and he has a YouTube account. So like you know he's okay, okay. right? People like check in with him, but it's just it just seems it's like a subculture. It just seems <laughs> wow. so cool. I was holding my breath there, but I'm just. Why was he sleeping that close to the train? Well, he track? might have been sleeping on a th- like they have to like hide in the oh, things and fall. I don't remember exactly, like but it's how he like lost his fingers. Out. Yeah, he was asleep and something happened. But it's just like what that to me is just like America, like if, people hopping boxcars. Boxcar children. Yeah. yeah. Well, if there's one thing I know, we got to get him on Clubhouse ASAP. Well, All right, we'll Mark, how about yeah. you? <laughs> I want to provide everyone with an update. I know you're very concerned about me getting my new phone to connect to my car. Mm, yes. And Sunday, I was <laughs> thinking about it all. I know In more pandemic worried. news. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to go to the dealership now because Sunday, I was coming off the high of the sports app, Bill's Win. And I got in my car and I sat down and I said to myself, I need to make this happen today. I'm going to connect my phone. And I reread the manual and I completely missed that under the instructions for how to connect a phone, there is a separate set of instructions that says how to connect a second device. So because my other phone was already connected, the instructions were different. And for some reason, when you go to the Bluetooth settings and go to add a phone, to add a new phone, when it prompts you connect a device, instead of hitting yes, you're actually supposed to hit no, which is very counterintuitive. And then when you hit no, it takes you to a phone settings menu and you're able to connect a second phone that way. So I figured it out. My phone is now connected. I made sure to listen to Straight Up by Paula Abdul to appease Jill because this all started because of her. <laughs> we need a full circle moment there with Miss Paula Abdul. Wow. Congratulations. You're like, you're like that guru where you just think it through and you can manifest anything. Right? What's the name of that book? Anyone know? I thought you were talking about the Austin Powers. Oh, you're movie. talking about influence? No, 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 not GLD, <laughs> which I said. The <laughs> no, the guy that's like you could just envision anything, and it comes true if you it's, envision it. The, the biggest problem is your mind. We'll get the stats and informations are on this. Yeah, it's the book about the guy who says you can like do anything you put your mind to it. You just Everybody have to envision says it. Says that I can. But I don't okay. know if everyone can. Well, anyway, I, am I for- can't believe I just said that. <laughs> I, I don't like that. I would like to rescind that statement. That was gross. Well, anyway, I just got back from my vacation. And a very important update. No water slides in sight. No water park. And a quick aside here. Feel free to skip if you don't care about my vacation. We're going to Pennsylvania because it's a contiguous state. And in New York... Anybody that's a contiguous state can come in, contiguous states, fine, whatever. So we're going to Pennsylvania, reserved specific times to go to a water park, trying to get my kids to swim. Pennsylvania is about four and a half hours away. Entering Pennsylvania, and I go to my wife, who I asked many times before. I said, you're sure we can go to Pennsylvania? She said, yes. Her friend goes all the time. And I go, okay. So we're in Pennsylvania, just made it to Pennsylvania. And I say, you sure we don't need any papers? Jenny didn't need any papers to get in? No. Uh, and then she says, I didn't, I didn't really look. And I said, you didn't really look. 
So I'm on my phone in Pennsylvania. Find out, not allowed in Pennsylvania. New Yorkers, any state, only Pennsylvanians are allowed in Pennsylvania. We can't be in Pennsylvania. And so I, like, <laughs> A, get on a Dodge card for uh, the water park because I didn't want to go anyway. And B, I don't want to get stuck and have to quarantine for 10 days in Pennsylvania. We've got so much stuff going on here. Like, I can't be in Pennsylvania with one screen for 10 days. And so we're looking. It's like, if you're on the just on the roads, you're fine. So we're like, I'm Pennsylvania, like, interstate. We turn around. We're probably like 45 minutes in. We turn around, go back to New York State. Again, I don't think I broke any laws. So, like, whatever. Get back to New York State and then just go and go skiing in a town called Cortland. But never again am I going to trust my wife on vacation planning. And I think I get to get out of the next cruise. If you guys recall, I was on SS Corona in friggin' March 2020. Yeah, this is almost your anniversary (laughs) of chaos. I know. Vacation chaos. I'm out. I'm planning (gasps) vacations, and I'm going to go just to a park down the road. That's going to be my vacation. Wow. Yeah, I'm super like that's like, you know, people tell stories like I got kicked out of a county once and like the sheriff follows you to the line. I'm surprised there wasn't someone at the state line like Sir Greg, no. where you come from. Where I, and I'm sure I'm, I'm oh sure be fine. But like, yeah. I, a, I don't want to break any rules and B, I don't want to get stuck yeah. and not be able to come back and do this lovely show here this wow. week with y'all. Thank you so. for being here. Yeah. And so instead I was outside it. skiing and I saw a, water, a waterfall. So mm-hmm. that was a great outcome. That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Well, that pun wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) If you have a grievance to air or a spicy take to share, anything you want to get off your chest, our phone lines are open. Visit call.marketingclock.com and leave us a voicemail and we might play it on next week's show. Yes, and don't forget that our fearless leader, Christine Zernheld, a.k.a. Shep, wrote a book. It is the ultimate Google Ads playbook. Find prospects online, deliver the right ad messaging, convert leads, and accurately measure success with Google Ads. It's a doozy, but it's an incredible book. It is available in paperback or Kindle format. So if you miss her and we do, grab a copy. Baby's got to eat. Also, (laughs) don't sleep on our newsletter. If you want all the links from today's show, it is only available now in our newsletter. You can get it delivered every week. You can or cannot listen to my vacation rantings and ravings. And guess what? Next week, it's going to be a doozy as well. Wait till you see what my wife planned. You've already got something and you already know it's going to (laughs) fail. Oh, oh, oh. And again, if you want all the news in the newsletter, marketingclock.com, and we'll get you everything into your inbox each and every week. What's happening in the news, Jess? This just in, kids. Facebook doesn't matter. That's news? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, call me a sensationalist. It's been a week. I really just wanted to say that. But it really is news, and it's not exactly that it doesn't matter, but not too far off. So this is from Marketing Dive slash Retail Dive. An analyst from the research firm Forrester studied the impact of last year's advertising boycott on the platform that is Facebook, and here's what came of it, and this is a quote. Of 43 publicly traded companies examined by Forrester that participated in the Facebook boycott during the summer, only seven saw their revenue decrease in the third quarter as compared to Q2. According to the findings by Sucharita Kodali, vice president and principal analyst with Forrester, in that cohort, the other 36 companies' revenue increased quarter to quarter, end quote. It should be noted, though, that year over year, Q3, which is when the boycott happened, revenue was down for many of the companies, but that was attributed more to the impact of COVID-19 than the boycott. 
Also, Q2 sucked last year. Yeah, nobody had a good time. Miserable. It was really, really bad. And then everybody got stimulus <laughs> checked. It was really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there are things. You should read the whole thing, the whole article, um, you know, for more insight. But, I mean, we're not misleading you here. That is a takeaway. I, I think, but it's just what I think of is I do, as much as we want to say Facebook doesn't matter, it's not great, it's not perfect, whatever. I've seen a lot of success with Facebook. I Mm -hmm. used to work at a company where an eighth of our new customers came from Facebook ads. And I want to know who's running these ad accounts. And it's like, is this a Facebook problem or is this a strategy problem? Totally valid. They're separate things and you stopped both of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the main point here, too, is that we're talking big companies when we looked Mm -hmm. at a lot of these boycotts like Adidas and Clorox and they're doing a lot of other things so don't just stop your ads because it didn't work for Adidas for example it's okay to test if you want to pause something for yourself and see if there's an impact I think that's great you know to have data behind your decisions but don't just say oh marketing clocks that Facebook doesn't matter I'm turning it off please don't do that that's not what we're saying here I just think especially for smaller businesses the impact can be greater and you do need to measure that for yourself but just an interesting thing and also a tidbit in this article too, was that um, the boycott didn't super hit Facebook either. Their revenue increased 10% in July. That's according to the article, so you can read that for more details. But it's like, what was really going on there? What are these well, numbers? What are this math? And, I don't and, know. And we talked about that exact thing, same thing. All those companies <laughs> that stopped advertising on Facebook were still advertising on Instagram. And as yeah. they said in their new branding where everything is by the Facebook, they're the same company, <laughs> all caps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. And I should, I don't know if I said it was ad revenue that grew 10%, but that's what it was. So yeah, that, that includes Instagram. So that could be it. I don't know. I just thought this was, was interesting, but please, yeah, as with anything you read, take it with a grain of salt, test things for yourself. But I think it is just a good reminder that we should be doing that. We should be making sure that we're not just on every network because we think we need to be. We want to, you know, do the research, find out where our audience is and definitely test advertising there. But Look at the data, see if it's working for you, run some tests and move on if it's not, but stay there if it is working for you. Mm-hmm. Don't just remove yourself because it's trendy and everybody else is. Right. And, and find your North Star too for metrics and attribution, yeah. especially yes. with attribution yes. changes coming. Mm-hmm. Like know what matters to you, what should get credit. Facebook will take credit for us recommending a sponsor on our show. They'll be like, oh, credit for that. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> give me credit. Yeah. One I made for that me. sale. Yeah. Yep. So use your metrics, use your attribution model and Use that as your North Star, yeah. not Facebook. I, I was going to say that, and you shouldn't have to pause something completely to find out if it's working or not. You should be able to have attribution and tracking in mm-hmm. a way of knowing how a channel is working, other than being like, let's see what happens if we turn it off. If we pull our money away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All valid points. So yeah, this is why you come to us for the news, kids. And one last thing. When everybody's going left, go right. So if everybody's saying Facebook doesn't work, guess what? Now's the time it'll work the best. That's true. Everybody zigs, you should zag, right? Is that the phrase? Or when everyone zags, you should zig? That's it. Second one. (laughs) Everybody takes, you should talk. (laughs) All right. Next up here, y'all remember smart shopping campaigns? How could we forget? They're so smart. oxymoron of campaign names the smartest campaign (laughs) smartest campaign with the least data (laughs) anyway we've been talking about that data 
or lack of data back-to-back weeks here with PPC Kirk at PPC Kirk on Twitter <laughs> and Mike Ryan and how smart shopping isn't like a black box. It's more like Kelly Riley and Chris Cornell. It's a black box and a black hole. Sun. Sun. So <laughs> there's no data, no anything as to what's happening until now. So Sherlock Harple Singh, actually just Harple Singh, underscore Harple Singh, underscore, lots of underscores, get the one at the front and the back, found out that you can get some attribution using assisted conversions. And you can see some of that data. And he had a tweet that said, ever wanted to see how your Google smart shopping campaigns are performing by network type? Example, search, display, YouTube. Well, now you can. And he uncovers that you can go to assisted conversions, choose network and campaign, and then from there, you can choose a smart shopping filter, and then you can see all of the last click conversion value, um, all the last click conversions, and you can actually start to see performance by network for smart shopping. And same week, I think it was literally the same day, we have Elena Romano Holmes, again, really just Elena Romano, that over on LinkedIn, she sleuthed out another way to see smart shopping data. She calls herself Grumpy PPC Girl on <laughs> LinkedIn. And if that's not an instant follow, I don't know what is. If you want to get her LinkedIn profile, head on over to Marketing and Clock and grab it. But she found a way that you can check out reports that still show smart shopping data. So you have to go to Network Performance for YouTube and Display Placement. Then you can go by Retail Category Performance. Then go to see conversion data by shopping attributes, and you can see shopping competitive metrics on search. And it is a godsend for people using this mm-hmm. to be able to see things. And my initial thought was, we we, we have a new a newer client coming on that well that's on now. I want to test smart shopping. Now that I have more data, I want to try this. Yeah, like. I, that I want more. This is great. What it, What are your thoughts when you see this? I just, I feel like my thoughts don't even go to what it is and what it's about. It goes to thank you to the community for sharing when you find things like this. Because this could be secret sauce to someone and instead they're like, hey, here's exactly how I got the data that you've all been asking for and here it is. And I just, it's a beautiful thing. Counterpoint, they're not going to take this away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. They're going to yeah. take it away. <laughs> we still have search terms in Google Analytics for conversions. Mark. If we don't want to Zip take it, it keep it on Clubhouse. Okay. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it's great. The community's finding this. And then I, initial thought is, I, I want to more. I want to use it now. Yeah. I can see things. So counterpoint, maybe Google will see that giving us more information makes them makes us trust them. <laughs> Maybe we'll get better reporting with some, some other so automation. Funny. I'm trying to be sunshine here. I just think that this could be great if it proves that things work. It, I don't know. No, whatever. but this is what I've been saying People want to for see months. This. If you want me to trust your automation, show me the data. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I don't trust your automations because there's a story coming up and I know how you recommend things. So I've seen it. We've seen it now. We know what the formula is. We know how you how you operate. So a little foreshadowing there. Dun, dun, dun. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. 
This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. And this week's take comes from David Herman at Herman Digital over on Twitter. Two ends there. David has a tweet saying, imagine your job just suddenly takes away your monitor, but tells you nothing is wrong and to keep working. That is Facebook. We're not giving our opinions, right? <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> but I, like, I don't think there's any much more to <laughs> say. That's pretty self-explanatory. No, no, it, it, it's like that. But also, imagine that your job suddenly takes away your monitor, takes your computer, pulls it out of the wall, throws it in the toilet, pees on it, <laughs> sets your office on fire, replaces your footstool with a freaking bear trap, <laughs> the pipes burst, and you're still trying to work, you get pepper sprayed in the eyes and you can't see, and then they send breakup notes to everybody that you've ever met in your life. <laughs> and then they tell you there's nothing wrong and keep working. That's Facebook. Tell us how you really feel, Greg. Give us oh, you want to keep going? Yeah. All right, they put you in a pit of snakes. You're in a pit of snakes, and you have to climb out. And you get a ladder, but that's also made of snakes. And you're going up the snake ladder, and there's alligators that start coming down. That's Facebook. You're still in the building after it got yeah. on fire, and all yes. this other stuff is yes. happening to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very neutral. <laughs> and now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. I see why am I people from our dear friend Akvila DeFazio at Akvila DeFazio on Twitter. With TikTok's new Q&A feature and Instagram users doing something similar with question stickers, it's not a bad way for brands to source questions for their own insights to gain updated FAQ page or blog content. And I love this. This is a very creative approach to crowdsource content, thinking outside the box, using what you have. Easy way to make great content. Love this. Yeah, and you could do it in a dance. Head over to TikTok, <laughs> Q&A up a little dance. <laughs> We can oh, talk more about point. that later. Do I, do, I, do I have to download TikTok <laughs> to do the <this> strategy? <laughs> because I won't. <laughs> the idea is still there. It applies to many things. She's a brilliant woman, that Akvila. Now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. First up in the paid news this week... Guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> Uber's back. Tell a friend. Wow. He's being real shady over there. <laughs> <laughs> if you remember from our WTH last week, we had a double trouble special on ad fraud. And there's more to the story breaking this week from our friend, Dr. Augustine Fow at AC Fow on Twitter. One of Uber's lawsuits against ad fraud comes full circle. And we're going to mention two of the agencies here that we were talking about last week. Um, The first one, Uber decided that they weren't having any of 
fun wears fun and games anymore. And that agency is fun with a PH wears. And Dr. Fowl goes into a lot of detail here to explain the lawsuits. With this name, it's more like fun space where with an H question mark. (laughs) Why didn't I think of that? Thank you. Guys are brilliant. (laughs) Are you having fun, Joss? For sure, with a PH. So I'm going to quote Dr. Fowl on the original lawsuit here. So start quote, accusing it, its co-founder and CEO, Alan Natowski, and several other employees of wire fraud, racketeering, transporting fraudulently obtained funds across state lines, and common law fraud, and they're seeking up to $17 million in compensation as well as additional amounts for punitive damages, end quote. That's what they initially charged Funware with, but during the lawsuit, they also uncovered click flooding. They were using redirects to send people other places, um, false billing of Uber of clicks. They displayed ads on porn sites, which was exclusively against Uber's contract with Funware. Quick question. Did it did it convert? Define <laughs> <laughs> <Fine>, convert. <laughs> and the reason why they ended up losing the lawsuit, this last one, destruction of evidence, including where they had placed Uber's ads. And the the whistleblower who called this to attention had kept the log of everywhere they had placed ads for Uber and then Funware destroyed it. And it wasn't just a few bad actors here. Nick Cage is safe. <laughs> he doesn't work there. What and do he's you great. mean? He's a national treasure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless he was a ghostwriter in some of the stuff. Okay, that was enough of Nicolas Cage puns. <laughs> I need to stop this. Let's move over to another quote from Dr. Fow from the article. Start quote, as evidence and discovery a wide-scale culture of fraud continued for many months. For example, in an email sent on October 31st, 2016, a Funware employee wrote, Guys, it's time to spin some more BS to Uber to keep the lights on. (laughs) End quote. That's insane! They were just outright just scamming Uber to make Mm. money. You can't write those things down. You say them out loud. Something that at least us here at our agency, Cypress North, that I think really Marshall Mathers is the fact of showing real data, right, and not reporting on fake things. So we have this one presentation we're doing tomorrow, well, yesterday at this point, (laughs) and I just take GA screenshots, put it in. I take Google Ads screenshots, put it in. I don't care. This is what it is. Hop on in. Take a look at the data. I'm not spinning something up to you to keep the lights on. No, it's this is this is the truth. And if somebody is giving you any kind of data that you can't see where it comes from, you can't find it, that is a problem. That's a problem. And also, like from the agency side of things, you're doing so much more work with this puppet scheme. If you're just transparent and just show the data and just do a good job, like you're actually you're working smarter, not harder, kids. You don't have to lie to people. That's Maybe that's advice. easy for us to say, but, you know, mm-hmm. Funware's got to keep their lights on somehow. Yeah. I mean, if if your account rep is like Jeff Dunham, you got a problem. <laughs> is that the puppet guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Also, racketeering is like a serious offense, right? I'm looking bad. That's not a word that right. you hear. It's not like a speeding ticket. That's a legit thing. Mm-hmm. My official yeah. position on this is not good. <laughs> not good. <laughs> oh, and that's not the only lawsuit. The other major thing we talked about is people. Um, these agencies misconstruing app installs. They were taking credit for organic app installs. So there was another lawsuit against Dentsu's Fetch, which, hello, like Dentsu, that's a pretty significant, large, well-known agency. So this is alarming. This lawsuit was initially dropped voluntarily by Uber because Dentsu countersued um, for non-payment from Uber. Come on. Um, I just, this seems despicable. I can't believe that Dentsu is doing this. This is alarming. Now Uber filed a new lawsuit, this time in San Francisco, and it doesn't only include Dentsu's Fetch, which is an agency that's part of Dentsu. It includes hundreds of other similar mobile app exchanges. Come on, stop trying to make Fetch happen. <laughs> wow. I'm actually impressed that you were able to make that reference. Thank you. It was mean, though, girls. You're a pusher. (laughs) What's next? From 2020 best friend forever of the show, (laughs) Andrea Cruz at Andrea Cruz 92. Google Ads modifies again the language towards location settings. Hashtag PPC chat. They added a tiny piece of extra information this time. Presence, interest, or presence or interest. And I'm like, thanks. I hate it. (laughs) I will never understand why presence or interest, as we're now calling it, is the default besides Google making more money because it's so counterintuitive. Why would you want to run ads to people searching for a location. It, it, Unless you're in tourism, that makes zero sense. And I like that they're doing this. It might help clear this up for people who are new to Google Ads and they're not gonna make that mistake because it's more clearly labeled. But it is hashtag criminal that that is the default. Because when someone puts in a location, they want to target that location, not people searching for that location. But it makes it make it makes less than zero sense to me. Even tourism. We've had tourism clients. If you could target people at a specific spot, not looking for that spot or that destination, you're in that city and you know that they haven't purchased something and you can give them a different deal. Like what why wouldn't you do that? It seems like such a competitive advantage to be able to target somebody in a location. I don't know. I don't get it. I know. I, ne- I don't get. I never get it. Other than you're making your product worse, so people spend worse, but then people can put money otherwhere, other places. I don't know. I, don't know. I agree. I just keep thinking about how you could be in Pennsylvania with these settings, just because you were interested yeah. in like one point. <laughs> you're sure as heck not. You interested in water park? Yeah. A no, and B no, because I can't. I'm not allowed unless I get a COVID <laughs> test within 72 hours. Targeted. Well, you might not be interested, but Google <laughs> thinks you are. <laughs> and when it rains, it pours because whenever Andrea Cruz is in the paid news, she's not always here just once, but multiple times. So we have another great tweet from Andrea. Thank you. She says Google ads replacing the final URL with pass for custom text, hashtag PPC chat. And Andrea saw this while searching for insulin pumps. 
And initially she was like, oh, this is a test. But in the replies, you can see that this isn't really a test. It's really that pharma ads can show up differently dependent on what they're advertising. So for people who have never run pharma ads before in the United States, there are three types of ads as classified by the FDA. We have product claim advertisements, which include the brand. Um, they say like good things about the products and legally they have to include just as much risk information as they include benefits. Um, there's reminder advertisements, which say the brand, but don't say any benefits. And then help seeking advertisements, which just raise awareness about a medical condition and don't mention anything about treatment. And this type of display where you see the type of website instead of the URL, Basically, this appears only in one condition. If you are A, running a product claim ad, and B, the site that you're sending traffic to is transactional, so you are buying or attempting to purchase this pharmaceutical product instead of just educational about that product. And if you want to run product claim ads that are going to a transactional site, you need to apply to have this label in Google. Next up, we had a very helpful situation. And again, Andrea Cruz is a part of this, of course. Friend of the show, Kirk Williams at PPC Kirk was asking for Google Ads resources for iOS 14 because we've only really been hearing about Facebook. And Danny Gavin at Danny Gavin on Twitter responded with an absolutely amazing guide for LinkedIn ads that he received from his LinkedIn ads rep. And conversely, Andrea Cruz forwarded it to us. The guide included how iOS 14 will impact conversion tracking, audience network ads, matched audiences, lead gen forms, bidding, and there's a ton of helpful information here, so I'm not going to go through it one by one, but if this sounds like something that's interesting to you, then make sure you get our newsletter this week. Next up, a tweet from Greg of the Year at PPC Greg. Whoa. I'm coming for you. <laughs> has anyone else gone back in time to look at their data? As far as September 2017, I can populate data for total other search terms. Hashtag PPC chat. I don't recall not being able to see some clicks then. Or did they go back and delete it? And of course, we have Andrea Cruz again responding. Google has never disclosed all search terms, but in the past it was something very small compared to today. Which, yes, that is true, Andrea. But looking at these, there might be more than that. Usually just weren't seeing non-click search terms or if someone typed in personally identifiable information. This also could support the conspiracy theory that the reason why this is happening is because Google doesn't want to host our data and pay to host it. Um, so getting rid of old data would support that. But Andrea Cruz makes a very good point to answer um, Greg's question there. And lastly, finishing up the paid news, the moment we've all been waiting for. Jess, can you guess what it is? I mean, I've been waiting for a lot of things. Facebook offline editor. editor. That's my, my most wanted thing, but that can't be it, right? I would know about that. Search query data? Does it have to do with stories? Stories in Excel. 
(laughs) (laughs) No, but you're on the right track. It's official. Literally every ad network has stories now because Glenn Gabe at Glenn Gabe on Twitter says just what you wanted. Taboola officially launches stories. (laughs) Taboola stories allow publishers and advertisers to embed stories within their content in mobile environments. And it has this great picture of this chocolate chip cookie recipe that says it can be paid well with milk. Paid. Paid with milk? I don't don't know who's paying with milk, but we can pay for this recipe with milk, (laughs) according to Taboola. Someone didn't proofread this I saw this. I was very excited at first because I was hoping for stories on Outbrain, but it was Taboola that got it first. Oh, bummer. It's kind of (laughs) like when you're like, weird relative tries to like <laughs> hang out with your friends they're like crashing the story party oh it's that's like exactly the Steve meme where he's got the skateboard and he's like what's up kids <laughs> hello fellow hello, kids, fellow kids. <laughs> what is that from I don't even know what it's from but it's everywhere and it's hilarious doesn't matter <clears throat> and can I throw one more piece of news in here for yeah, ads? I just snuck in breaking <clears throat> okay. from from Greg Finn I was down at Greg Finn on Twitter <laughs> second place Greg of the year I believe I, the votes have never been tallied yet I mean you can have it okay thank yeah you. <clears throat> um, so I was downloading a campaign in Google Ads editor and I saw that one of the things I was waiting on to be populated wasn't something to do with recommendations and I swear to God, this is not a Photoshop. You can get it over in marketingclock.com. And I was waiting for responsive display ads to come in, call out extensions to come in, and then, quote, raise your budgets, quote, recommendations to load. And this is unbelievable. I, I get it. I know. We all know what this is, but just to load up the fact that it's like, <laughs> And then PPC Greg came through and he has another list of all the different things coming through where it's like try max conversion value, which I went on a little mini rant today on Twitter, on Wednesday on Twitter, and like (laughs) maximize conversions is something so volatile. You should never recommend maximize conversions to somebody. Like you shouldn't. It should be somebody skilled enough that can handle maximize conversions. And when you do it, it is a way that you set your bidding with low budgets that simply cannot scale and can never scale. We had a, a, a client come on, a Google rep set him up on maximized conversions. I said to him, well, this is never going to be able to scale. We need to get you to be able to scale. And he said, why can't it? What do you think? I explained to him, I said, well, that makes sense. All these things that are loading, you just see exactly the initiatives that they're trying to push. And I can't believe they can't just say recommendations loading. They're like, raise your budgets, recommendations loading. Try max conversion maximize conversions budget it's just Mm -hmm. is incredible Mm -hmm. and and you know what is not in there and i looked lower your budgets oh no try turning recommend that your enhanced cpc to maximize conversion value instead of maximize conversions that would be helpful things like that would be so helpful but it is just their set pieces of what they're trying to promote and seeing it like this i don't know why it's just so sickening to me it's you just see the raise your budgets recommendation populating i'm like you know Give me my time back. I don't want them. <laughs> right? I can't raise the budgets. You've only got one, though, here in this screenshot. Yeah. So that's good. Well, I think it, and if it's in <laughs> desktop editor, does that mean we can like bulk delete them? Oh, it won't raise your optimization score. So <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy pants, though. 
Crazy Pants. And PPC Greg is a whole list over there. We'll put it at markandclock.com. You can see oh. all the fun things that are coming through for the recommendations and your optimization score that impacts your friggin' performance for search mm-hmm. partners. Is that and fun with a PH, Greg? Or? No, it is fun with an FU. That's <laughs> <what I'm saying. laughs> and now <laughs> our segment beyond Google Ads, because clearly. Google doesn't care about you. But we do. We really do. Mm-hmm. I just want you guys to know how hard we this do. segment is every week. We really <laughs> care about you. Yeah, we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't. Yeah. And I just want to say, speaking of Google and this propaganda being pushed, are you tired of what you think is a training course starting to feel more like sales propaganda than something helpful? <coughs> Certifications? <coughs> well, you're in luck. LinkedIn just launched LinkedIn Marketing Labs on-demand courses for advertisers. If you've used LinkedIn ads, you know, it's a very effective platform, but it can be really frustrating, difficult, confusing to use. It's not the most intuitive, but are any of them really? LinkedIn Marketing Labs is going to include six video courses that are going to help make the platform easier to use for advertisers. These include introduction to LinkedIn ads, using LinkedIn's ad targeting, reporting and analytics for LinkedIn ads, building a full funnel content marketing strategy on LinkedIn, using LinkedIn for brand awareness, and finally, my favorite, using LinkedIn for lead generation. So head on over there and get schooled. Thank you for sharing, Carolyn Leiden from Search Engine Land. Greg, what's going on in the land of organic search? Well, it is the land of BFFs this week because (laughs) it is 2019 BFF of the show, Glenn Gabe, and he has confirmation from Google that multiple referring URLs now show up in Google Search Console when you're inspecting a URL. There's an example up over on YouTube. Check out, for now, the Search Engine Journal YouTube show may be going to a Marketing Clock channel here sometime soon. Um, But you can see all the different referring pages in this example up on screen. There's four pages. Barry Schwartz over at seroundtable.com had found this example. So you can see more referring pages for something that's in the index and is is covered. So kind of cool if you want to see where those links are coming from. Keeping it here with Glenn, he has a tweet saying, covering that Apple is planning podcasting subscription service and a threat to Spotify. And Tim Apple's been on the blower with me trying to get us over on Apple. Mm-hmm. Spotify is trying to get us there. It's like a whole big, big, big conundrum. So you can see that in the show notes. Apple may have some paid podcasting. All right. Over from social media today, YouTube. That's mine. Is it Andrew Hutchinson? <laughs> I, the, yeah, it's Andrew Hutchinson over on social media today. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like I, 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 feel, I feel like a, like like he's cheating on you. Yeah. To be right? honest. I feel like I should start talking about Search Console in the social lightning round <laughs> just to spite you. Please don't. Please don't. Jeff. Let's put some stories in Story. there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sorry, Greg. Go ahead. So anyway, from the article and YouTube, we're testing a new way for people to easily discover and purchase products featured in YouTube videos. Creators in this pilot can add certain products to the videos. Viewers can then see a list of featured products by clicking the shopping bag icon on the bottom left corner of the video. From there, viewers can explore each product's page to see more information related videos and purchase options for that product. 
off the la- uh, your YouTube trends, what would it be that you purchase? If you were to be, let's say like your theme, your YouTube themes, what would be coming in the mail to your house? I'd probably be purchasing like vinyl records of a live recording from the 90s (laughs) or a shoestring (laughs) tied to a train. (laughs) Prosthetic fingers. What about you, Mark? (laughs) Just a letter that says, are you okay? I'd be purchasing rain barrels. More to come in uh, our shooting <laughs> hack after our show is over. Okay, well, we're going to keep it YouTube here and continue the conversation after the show. And YouTube is adding a new metric that allows creators to analyze the performance of a video within the first 24 hours after publishing. You can now search and choose first 24 hours. I don't like it, but I bet Shep does. She is a big murder mystery fan mm-hmm. and like mine has a baby so maybe she doesn't have the full 48 hours you know the first 48 <laughs> now it's the first 24 so there you go i hope she's listening and rolling her eyes at you right now <laughs> <laughs> all right from brody clark at brody seo on twitter nice one for local seos to be aware of now seeing standard posts appear from months back by default would show for seven days previously then expire and become hidden behind the view all button Glad to see more visibility given to posts. This change makes sense. IMO. I also like how he's Australian. I scheme like a surfer. When I think Brody, I think like surfer, you know? But it's more probably like, nice one for local SEOs, mate. Fosters, you know? Oh, never Australian do an Australian again. <laughs> I, I really can't criticize because I can't do an accent, but I don't even know where that was It's my favorite from. accent. I love, I, I love it. I, you, you don't think I did a good job? You threw in the word mate, so you get points, I guess. Yeah, no? <laughs> yeah, that really made me want to eat a Vegemite sandwich. <laughs> Another funny thing, speaking of accents from Power Listener of the Show, Casey Croy, at Casey Croy on Twitter, at Mark and Clock. I love how Greg Finn has a specific voice for when he talks about Google. I'm starting to get one, too. Ooh. So, I don't even know I if I've noticed I have that. specific voices. It's, it's just very angry. It's like if yeah. fire could talk. <laughs> <laughs> or a snake ladder or any of those obstacles you created earlier. Okay, but... <laughs> I, I already forgot about that silly thing. Back to the story. This is actually super cool. We do posts. Mm-hmm. You can look at it, Marketing Clock or Cypress North, and you can search, and we have a post. And traditionally, they've lasted for seven days. And now... In this example that Brody had, they they are much further. This one was far longer than seven days. I think it was like 90 days or something crazy. Um, but the ability to make posts be more seen is phenomenal for anybody that cares about local, for sure. And if you haven't been using posts in Google My Business, now is the time to try it. Now you're going to have more visibility. And so I really love this. This is a great way to have more people implement a feature by showing that with certainty there's going to be driving more visibility and value. And next up, there's a company that is looking to have more people implement a feature, Google. And they're doing it the opposite way this time. (laughs) So from Matt Southern over on Search Engine Journal, Google may expand rollout of web stories if more sites use them. And Google's John Mueller says web stories may be rolled out to search results in additional countries if more sites start publishing them. John, 
That's not how it works. Did you listen to the last article? If you let posts stick around more and be more effective, more people will use the posts. If you take web stories and you give them more visibility in, in the search engine results pages, more people will use web stories. You don't say, you, you use web stories, and then you'll get search results visibility. That's not how it works. That's no. just not how it works. It's insane. It's ins- Talk to the Google My Business Post people. That's what you should do. Web stories. Oh, they too. don't know how to talk to each other. Yeah, we've covered this, I feel. Yeah. Well, you make a little cutesy is- YouTube video with all the little lasers and stuff and shoot that over to the Google My Business people. And then Google My Business, go to the Google account and set up a little post and then shoot that over to the, the laser people. Greg, I think you should run Google. Yeah. yeah. Or at least, like, is this your, your angry Google voice? <laughs> no, no, I've been good today. Have <laughs> <laughs> you? I think so. Right. Casey, chime in. Chime in, Casey. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. And next up from Search Engine Roundtable in the news, I believe there is a expandable accordion carousel. And at the time, Barry Schwartz showed about. You could see news about the impeachment of Donald Trump, and you could expand it and just. Soak up all your glory, and you can see how many articles about Trump not attending an inauguration. So check it out over and go talk to Barry about that one. And then another article from Barry at Search Engine Roundtable. Google, paying bloggers to write for do-follow backlinks is against our guidelines. Yes. Everybody should know this by now. If you're trying to go pay somebody for a link, it is against Google's terms of service. It's also not against your business terms of service. You should do what's right for you. And if you have a link out there, you should try to get it no follow, try to get sponsored, try to do the right thing. But your business, Google doesn't care about you. We've already run through this. And I'm not endorsing paid links, but I'm saying you do you. I'm sick of this. It's not a crime to ask somebody. And if somebody you know asks for a link somewhere and isn't a savvy webmaster, it is embarrassing that it is year 20 21 and you still haven't figured out links and it is still such a core component of your search algorithm that you're telling people not to ask for a link that could help your business and you're making people try to understand what a nofollow link is and what a sponsor link is. It's embarrassing. So do you and let Google do the rest, but don't pay for links. All right. That was the voice. I'm going to Ralph sponsor this over to you. What's happening in social? Oh, wow. Thanks. <laughs> you did find a way to make organic bleed into social after stealing my Andrew Hutchinson. Thank you, Greg. All right. I got some news here. First up, we talked about it a few minutes ago with Akvila's tweet in the ICYMI, I believe. Uh, but just to reiterate here, there is a new Q&A feature in the TikTok. So it's not available for everyone yet, but select creators can turn this on enabling users to pose questions on a creator's profile, which other users can then view once they've been added and they can like them. So it's kind of like upvoting a question like, yes, I also want to know what your favorite color is. So Akvila's spin on this was much better to use it to actually create content. Uh, But just from a TikTok perspective, Greg, to your point earlier, like, you know, can you do this dance? That's a great question. And then someone will do a TikTok dance and it seems kind of silly. Yeah. And the poll could be like, hey, should I plaster this wall? <laughs> but I feel like these people have been found, right? If they have engagement from their followers, so their wall's fine. Should I file down my teeth? Oh. oh that is oh, the worst no. article. Oh. Remember that article? The, they're never going to live that down. Uh, is it ever. normal that I live with four other couples in a house? 
and we're all adults working remotely. What are those, the honeybees? What were they called? Hey, <laughs> look at this hopscotch here. <laughs> Gross. All right. Well, let's move on to some hot news in the Vanity Metrics ballpark. We have Snapchat adds public view counts to its TikTok-like spotlight feed. And separately, Instagram is testing an option to unhide total like counts on posts. So those are both articles from social media today. And if you really care what people think of you, you can go ahead and read all the juicy details from the links in our beautiful, shiny newsletter. You're so vain. You probably think this newsletter is about you. Subscribe. Honest question. Yeah. What are we doing? Right now? We have such limited time on this planet Earth. And we're out here, some of the biggest companies in the world are deciding to remove likes. Or optionally add them back after taking them And away. then add them. Maybe what should make the, the decision based on a doing? TikTok poll? What, Ugh, what, honestly, like this is, this is somebody's job. I know. And they're like, they're let's innovators. add it back. Let's this add is disruptive back. innovation. It's incredible. Kids, I don't know. I just I was trying to gloss over these stories because I didn't think it was important, but now you're turning it into a moral issue and I feel Not gross. No, just I, I mean, feel gross. This is what we're this is what our time is being spent on. So Facebook page owners are seeing a new alert in their accounts that the R story section of pages will be going away. So if you don't know what that is, it populates essentially a bonus bio section, if you will, underneath your about. Whatever. Um, page owners are being encouraged to move whatever's there into the additional information section of your page instead. It's not really a huge shift, but if you do have critical information in your story, maybe just move it up to your bio instead of additional information. So whatever. You'll get the alert if it applies to you and you will you will make a decision on what to do. Next up, from David Herman, at Herman Digital on Twitter. That's Herman with two N's. He tweeted, SMMs is this spot on? And we will link to this because you guys need to see it. It includes a video from, it's a TikTok from a quote, social media marketing manager and business marketing student, end quote. She is answering the question, what social media network do you think is going to die next and you can't say Facebook? Basically, she says, Instagram is well on its way out and here is why. Instagram strategy is hard to learn. You never feel like you're done learning. You have to spend hours strategizing. There are always updates that make you have to change your strategy. And she got banned five times this summer for being too active. Not sure if you guys knew that. And also reels are just not working. And I'm paraphrasing only a little bit here. This is exactly what she said. And this is why Instagram is going to fail. So platforms are always like rewarding content creators. So she got banned. Banned for like creating too much content, for liking too many posts, <clears throat> for like commenting yeah. too much. Yeah, but but that's not the you point. should be able to. You have that much money. You should be able to. You have that big of a company. You have that many resources. You should be able to discern a human from a bot. Um, I would say that yes, but if you've ever dealt with Facebook, no, absolutely not. And what they are doing. By pushing this machine learning AI, trying to figure out what ad should be disapproved, what account should be stopped from posting things, is not effective. It does not work, and it is not the core that you should run your company on. You should run your company on people and use machine learning for assistance, to highlight things for humans to do. And what is happening with this article, and if you watch this, you might sleep on this and not look. You might be like, oh, this person. This is a very smart video, and everybody should watch it. 
It is so spot on and it is so Facebook. They're taking everything out there and trying to let machines do it to save a nickel and they're going to ruin everything by doing it. The ads, everything. Instagram, Reels, everything. You can't put it to the machines. It is not ready. We are not there. We need humans. I can't believe you just used your Google voice on I Facebook. I know. <laughs> That's wild. Also, I was just like here to complain that this girl doesn't understand you have to learn and evolve in our industry, but you made a much stronger point. No, Maybe no, no, no. That, 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 that's a very good point. Yeah. That is a very good point. With the exception <laughs> that both of these networks are trying to attract influencers and people and eyeballs and people that have followings and if it's harder on one platform and you don't get as much visibility people aren't going to use it and if you have machines shutting you down every day people aren't going to use it and yes it's harder but why not go the easier route why make it your like an actual day job to post things when you could go to tiktok do a little dance or whatever you do over there take 30 seconds uh, you know, make fun of people or whatever do TikTok does <laughs> and just get all the people. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. There's a, a there's a serious problem with Facebook and the fact that they're just automating everything. Sounds a lot like someone else. Yeah. Things are, things are out there. I feel like I don't even need to say this, but there's an infographic, our next story, about the best times to post on social media and different networks. Can I guess the answer? Never. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, valid. I, I don't know. I feel like it's great. If you're just getting started, it is a good place to start because it varies. You know, the findings are from Oberlo and it was shared on social media today. So it is a good place to start if you're just getting started and want, you know, some guidelines on when to post. But obviously, test it with your own audience and your own content and it may vary. But, you know. Yeah. Another thing with that, like there are tools like Buffer out there that tell you your audience's mm-hmm. best mm-hmm. engagement yeah. side. Yeah. So. Um, and like the HubSpot social tries to do that a little bit too. And that's, I whenever I see one of these articles and I'm like, oh, so you write this article and now everyone's posting their social posts at this time. Right. That's no longer a good time to post. Exactly. It's a different time. In email. So Tuesday all, mornings are the so best. All no, of, I've heard that. All yeah. of these <laughs> articles are so counterintuitive because if everyone follows this article, then it's no longer the best time to post. You zig have to and zag. Out. We talked about this. No, it's zag and zig. Yeah, right. Oh, right, right, right. I corrected myself. <laughs> All right. Last story here in social. It's from Adweek and it's via at Matt Navarra on Twitter. According to the article, quote, Facebook may be rolling out an account issues dashboard for businesses, end quote. And speaking from recent experience, this would be amazing to have because Facebook sucks. And we just talked about that and more on that later. But what this is, is a dashboard, a central location within Business Manager separate from your general account overview where you can view issues with your accounts, your assets, your pages, and whether whether they're pending or recently resolved. You can see both. Not everyone is seeing this yet, myself included, so it could just be a test for all we know. Facebook has yet to respond to Adweek's request for comment, but I'm sure they'll reply with something completely unhelpful in five to 10 business days. One other thought. I love this. Facebook, we need this. Please, 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 we need this. Mm -hmm. Another thought. Hire some people. Hire some people. Hire some people. Hire some machines. No. 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 What are you? <laughs> don't, don't do that. Fire Zach. the machines. Fire I, them. I'm just poking the bear. I mean the Greg. <laughs> 
Now it's time for this week's WTH. Misguided. You're like, who does that? <laughs> Just get rid of it. I'm over it. <laughs> Where we rant, rave, and roll our eyes about our trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly. See what had us asking. W-T-H. This week. This week's WTH comes from Taylor Lorenz at the New York Times, and I'm just going to read this verbatim because it is so seriously written, and I think we need to appreciate that. In late November, Cam Casey, a TikTok star with over 7 million followers, was relaxing at home when he decided to upload a video of a science experiment that resulted in a Coca-Cola bottle exploding to Snapchat. Mr. Casey, 19, had read that the company had introduced a new TikTok-like feature called Spotlight within the app where users could share short-form videos. He wondered if some old videos from his camera roll could get traction. Two weeks later, Snapchat came calling. Mr. Casey was one of the top performers on the platform and was going to make hundreds of thousands of dollars. Encouraged by his early success, he began posting more videos, sometimes up to 120 per day, uploading fresh content every few minutes from 8 a.m. to midnight. As of Tuesday, he had been paid nearly $3 million by the company for content that went viral. 120 a day? You'd be banned on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't get over. He's just like this 19-year-old TikTok. And they're like, Mr. Casey uploaded his experiment, which is just him putting Mentos and Coca-Cola. And it's like, he's really, like, he's not the only one. There was a woman who was just like casually used Snapchat. And she's like not the biggest user and like found out about this new feature and they're paying people. So she uploaded a video of her sister frying a turkey and she got half a million dollars. Yeah, was that the person that worked at like Lowe's at a minimum wage job? Yeah, and she's like making millions of dollars. That's amazing. And there's another one just like a random high school student was just posting unboxing videos and got a million dollars. Um, and it's apparently it's working. It's not a great long term strategy because they're eventually going to have to stop paying people, then creators will drop off. But Mr. Casey said that he's now getting competition and there's a lot more users on the platform. So he's not making as much money anymore. Like what he was doing before isn't working because there's so many other people to compete with who are getting views and getting paid out. Quick but you question. made $3 million. Yeah, you made 3 million. Yeah. Quick question. Are they looking for any middle-aged men to yell into the void over there? <laughs> we got one of those. I mean, you might as well post it and see you if you can try, get a million dollars. They're giving out a million dollars per day, people. And that brings us to our real-life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work. Good, bad, or otherwise. Another day, another time Google gets rid of something randomly. Doesn't make any sense. I'm so tired of them just removing things from the accounts. The other day I was doing display campaigns for one client we're about to upload them and i'm like oh i need to add all these negative placements to get rid of things for kids and coronavirus and gaming websites you can't remove so i went to pull my negative placement lists and my negative keyword list from one client's google ads to use another client's and i went to the display campaign and all of my exclusions were gone. They what? Luckily the campaigns were paused, so it wasn't doing anything. And I was like, I'm crazy. I know I had this keyword exclusions, I had an exclusion list, and then I had individual exclusions. 
And I'm like, where did they go? They were not in any of my display campaigns. And I was like, what? So then I went to the change history to see, I'm like, did one of the people who works for me remove these? Did the client remove them? What happened? When did this happen? There's nothing in the change history. It's told me how many changes had happened, but I could not see the change history at all. Nothing at all in there. I've seen this and too, it yesterday. Like, it's like there were 400 targeting changes here, and it can see how many changes there were, but I cannot see what the changes were, and I don't know how those exclusions were removed. It is insane. It's probably they use those resources to show the raise your budgets and add a, ads editor. Probably. That's but not, I think bigger news, you can get rid of the coronavirus with Google Ads. <laughs> <laughs> Just exclude it. <laughs> Just exclude it from your display campaign. There's no more coronavirus solved. Uh, Thanks for that life hack, Greg. <laughs> Just what's going on with you? I just, I don't want to give like week three of this Facebook saga where clients have... We're on the edge of our seats. We care about this. I know. We just... Things were disapproved and a client's business manager and things got shut down and then our client, our business manager had some issues and things and thanks to Greg's valiant efforts, we are back. But my complaint this week, because I have no solution for anyone that's listening, you just have to bother Facebook as much as you can and cross your fingers and, you know, hope and come up with creative solutions maybe to move things around and, you know, whatever you want to do. But... My big gripe is like when the ads were turned back on, I didn't get a notification about That's it. That's your gripe? That's your gripe. Well, <laughs> your ads are turned it's on. My most, <laughs> you didn't get a notification? It's my I'm most st- relatable. I'm, I know, but I figured you're going to talk about it. I figured you're going to talk about it. You are, right? Oh, With what you I, did? Okay. Fa- we're so, way over. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to let you have it. But I just, the fact that you still cannot tie your Facebook ads account to a business email that you're using and things get sent to like the, the email address that i use for my facebook account is like my junk email it's childish yeah that you have to have a facebook account. It's, it's crazy childish. and i just like they need to fix that when they work mm-hmm. on my offline editor when they work on hiring some humans i just need them to add that i want to be able to use my agency mm-hmm. my cypress north email address to get notifications when things are happening in my account because there's too much noise elsewhere yeah, and that's I'm the sorry. Thing I love about LinkedIn is that you can have multiple emails. Like this is the one that's actually tied to my account, but like this is the one I want notifications to go to, and you can set that up there. I'm pretty sure. Don't hold me on that. But this also just reminded me about the time at my last company where we had to get a lawyer involved to get Facebook ads approved. Uh, you are uh, sign me up. I want a lawyer yeah. now. No. Yeah, I want to learn how. So Greg, do you want to talk about your strife this week? Yeah, yeah. It's it's with Menlo Park over there too, Facebook. And the issue is exactly what you said. We have one client that is honestly our most regulated client. Mm-hmm. And again, we're going to go long, so feel free to drop off if you don't care. But is our most regulated client. It is one of the 10 biggest banks in the U.S. that backs us. Every piece of information has to go through this bank. There is absolutely no gender targeting there is no discriminatory anything it is all one big group and the ads go through rounds and rounds and rounds of legal just on average how long does it take to get through legal from these two financial entities again in everybody's city i would say honestly like 30 business days business not 30 days, days 30 business then we days. get the ad and we yeah. put it to facebook and this machines will say it's disapproved because it'll say any single thing about financial products in it whatsoever. And they've gone, so the account generally gets, it'll the ads will be disapproved every single time 
the ads have been turned right back on when a human has seen the ads. Yeah. And when it hits a certain number, then that account is disabled. A certain number of disapprovals. Disapprovals. Yeah. Which we've hit. Correct. Mm-hmm. We haven't hit. This account has hit. Correct. I want to be clear. Yeah, account. This account the that is account. a product that is a product backed by one of the top 10 banks, a name you'll know. So we just work. And every time we get through to human, they say, that's a mistake. That's just bad, bad machine learning. And yeah. it gets turned right back on. This time, their ad was disapproved. And it shut down our business manager account. Our business manager. Yes. Cypress North. And we got it resolved quickly, but we have other clients in there. And any other client that had a disapproved ad in what, 90 days or 30 days? 30 days. 30 days. Got their accounts shut down too. And we couldn't make any changes to it. And it said it's our fault. And it's like, bro, this is not our fault. We're doing, we have companies in literally worth $10 billion and their stuff is going to shut down if there's a disapproved ad because they're learning it just doesn't learn it doesn't it doesn't learn and obviously i'm fired up we got it fixed quick and the other thing that is just so infuriating is when the support they don't care the support is is awful everything is so screwed up honestly like man of the year person of the year human of the year rob lothern Thank, thank God you got out of it. Again, he was the most helpful person at Facebook. I had issues resolved when I DM'd him before. Nice. There's nobody now. They're just like, they don't care. Yeah. And so th- then the thing that is like the icing on top, it, it's what? It's January 20th, 2021. And you go to get assistance and you go to get this mistake on Facebook's part resolved. A mistake resolved. Again, never once has anything ever been upheld. And the answer is, you're going to have to hear a few weeks because of COVID-19. There have never been more people looking for jobs that can do a remote job, that can follow instructions and look and say, oh, this bank is on my corner. Yeah, this is, this is an okay ad. Mm-hmm. And there's no targeting, nothing. And every time it gets turned on, and having everything turn, turn, turned off is bad. Having your clients for that time it's off, seeing that it's a you problem is embarrassing and awful. And it's co- you're supposed to be helping small businesses in COVID, not hurting them. And so are you hurting the small businesses? And then we go to get help and the response is COVID. No, it's January 2021. We came up with a vaccine to stop the first virus. It's the f- a vaccine the first viral vaccine ever and you can't figure out how to hire people when unemployment rates are at the highest um that's why i'm so fired up this week is because i had to do everything under my human powers to get this fixed and thank god we got it done there's just a problem and that is uh in case you couldn't tell hardly working this week can't believe you ended Bless that. your heart, Craig, and your soul. Did I miss anything? No. Is anything I said inaccurate? No. No. In fact, and now, now we got to split clients off onto different businessmen. It's just, it, yeah. it is a disaster because people think you can, should run your business and not hire people. And I tell you what, Microsoft Advertising, LinkedIn, they're, if they can just keep going, 
they're going to have a niche where people are going to gladly throw money at them. And I, I don't know how anybody out there can plan for Facebook budgets in 2021. I don't know how you can do it. I'm going to be like, I, it's just incredible. These ad platforms that are just so combative and everything they're doing to try to minimize cost is going to minimize revenue for them. And now for this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's cool tool is not one, not two, not even three, four, or 32. It is 33 plus best no-code tools you will love. And this is from Dan Sipen. That's S-I-E-P-E-N, Sipen. And Dan has put in some work, kids. He's curated a list of tools that, in his words, can help you, quote, build internal marketing workflows and build some awesome websites, content experiences, and automations, end quote. Not only does he list and link to all of these tools, but he does provide a really nice overview of what each one does and why he loves it and can personally vouch for it. So we're talking tools here for creating forms, building landing pages, building data models, project management, and more. Honestly, whatever you do, there is probably something on this list that can help you do it faster, smarter. So we'll have the link in our newsletter, so be sure to subscribe to that. Or you can just head on over to Dan Sipen, that's D-A-N-S-I-E-P-E-N dot I-O slash best hyphen no hyphen code hyphen tools and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from 2019 BFF of the show and BFF Forever, Glenn Gabe. He continues the BFF show (laughs) here this week with Google's December 2020 Broadcore Algorithm Update Part 2. Three case studies that underscore the complexity and nuance of broad core updates. And this is the follow-up where he runs through the three case studies. Case study one is a niche news publisher that has a double core update hit, but EAT galore. Case study two, crushed by the December update. It's like Google doesn't even know you anymore. Case study three is overcoming the creep. And then he has tips and recommendations for site owners. It is a phenomenal read like anything Glenn has. And follow Glenn, at Glenn Gabe on Twitter. It is great. Thank you for putting a little bright spot on the end of the show, Glenn. (laughs) Thanks, Glenn. We needed that. (laughs) All right. That does it for today's show. It is now officially not marketing o'clock. Remember, our newsletter has each and every link from today's show. Rants not included. You got to listen for those. And you can only find that on marketingclock.com. While you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday news show, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. All right. And we're calm down. I swear I'm not like, I don't rant in real life. Am I that crazy in real life? No, that's the most fired up I've ever seen you. I've known you my whole life. (sighs) Okay. Well, anyway. Chill person. 
we are going to keep it easy here. And we're going to go through guilty pleasures. It's everybody's yes. favorite game. Guilty <laughs> pleasures. So we're going to name some things that are guilty pleasures of ours. And we can all avoid it if we think it's not a guilty enough pleasure. All right, Jess, you're up. All right, I'm going to come in hot here. Something I really liked when it was relevant back in 2007, but I am rewatching now and super into it, and I don't care who knows it. Rock of Love with Brett Michaels. Oh, that's uh, that's, uh, that's uh, is that guilty? I, that's I don't phenomenal. know. My I, husband Chris laughs at me. He falls asleep. I'm up till like I, 4 a.m. I can't stop. I'm so happy to hear that. Man. Yes, I don't, because mm. that's like when my roommate and I um, started rewatching Flavor of Love. Oh, that's great. Same thing. And it's, it's Nielsen great or whatever. TV. If anyone thinks you should be guilty, I would like to send them a strongly worded letter. Actually, maybe I'll send them like a, a thing from YouTube that oh. says, are you okay? Are you okay? No, no. <laughs> what you should do, yeah, send them an are you okay? And then go get a cameo of Daisy telling them off. Oh, see, but she's not even in season one. I'm like starting from season one. I just love the aesthetic back then, like what cool rocker chicks wore at the time and their hair. It's phenomenal. No offense. Is there better hair than Bret Michaels? Well, his hair is not real, right? Oh, that's why it's great. There was a scene. The girl was like riding on the back of his motorcycle. She's like, oh, his hair was blowing in my face. I'm like, girl, that's a wig, I think. But okay. You think? (laughs) Cannot confirm. Have not touched it. (laughs) All right, Katie, guilty pleasure. Um, I like trying out weird toast recipes. <laughs> wait, what? Wait, what is a toast recipe? Okay, so my light and dark newsflash: there's either toast or there's bread. <laughs> it's toast. Um, so my most recent was peanut butter, cilantro, and lime. Ew! Oh my god! Like a Thai esque. Were you feeding that to a prisoner? (laughs) I fed it to myself. The toast is actually ramen noodles instead of bread, and it's called pad thai toast. It really is. It's so good. What's your bread of choice? This will be what tells us if this is a guilty pleasure or not. What is your bread of choice? Well, this time I only had wheat bread, and it was the heel of the bread. Oh, wow. Normally I'd want to do like sourdough or something with that, like a nicely... Nice, thinly sliced sourdough. All right. Like, that's my go-to. You just sound like a gourmet chef. (laughs) I, you know, okay. I don't know. I feel like you just, it's not guilty. You're just above us all with (laughs) food like that in your life. All right. Mark, guilty pleasure. The greatest band to ever grace this earth. Oh, we like them too. Simple plan. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. Wow. It all start. My sister bought their first two albums on CD as a child, and like they're one of their more popular songs. I was instantly addicted. Um, <laughs> I still listen to those first two albums. Apparently, they never stopped making music. I haven't listened to it, but. Um, no pads, no helmets, just um, and still not getting any are two great albums. Nice. And I'm not guilty, but I understand it's a guilty pleasure. Okay, I pulled an audible here and I have a story to prove it that I think is funny. Guilty pleasure, Matthew McConaughey, but pre-2014, before he got Oscars and everything like that. I thought he was a fantastic actor. At one point, my wife was potentially preg- pregnant and we were out to dinner with her family. And I was drinking her drinks secretly for her. Mm. I got hammered. And I was at the table and I was like, 
Matthew McConaughey's the best. Like, I don't even know why. And I'm like, Matthew McConaughey's amazing. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and it was like, again, before True Detective, I got up and I like hit my, I like hit my side on this thing and like almost knocked this entire table over. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's I, I just want to know what types of hijinks you were pulling in order to trick these people. People into don't this. know. People don't pay attention. Josh, you can attest to it. If mm-hmm. I'm sitting down and I just grab a drink and confidently drink it, nobody will know that it's not my drink. People don't pay attention. You'll think that they care and they pay attention, but they never do. No. We have used this trick at professional events where I wasn't ready to announce yet, but Greg knew, and I'm like a known drinker at everything. So to have a beer was like my thing. So we, we pulled it off. Greg was able to fool people at a professional wow. event drinking my beer. No one was the wiser. I am. All right, Jess, number two. Okay, um, Greg, I think you'll be with me on this one, but I'd be interested to hear what the rest of the class has to say. I really like spending time at airports. Like, I enjoy hanging out in the terminal, having a beer at the airport bar. Like, I just, that to me is like, you feel like you're going somewhere, but you're not going anywhere. I just really enjoy it. I don't want to be stuck there, but like, I enjoy my time. Okay, it's interesting. Because I... Again, on the surface level, I'm just like, hell no. But I have had (laughs) a lot of fun at airports. But it's mostly not when I'm just... Like, I've had a lot of horrible times. I think of one time I really had fun being stuck at an airport. And it's when I lived in Boston. I was coming back here for a wedding to Buffalo. And we were in Boston Beer Works in the airport next to our gate. And they were, none of their kegs were working. So they were only selling wine and liquor at Boston Beer Works. And all the people going to Buffalo were like, we all became friends. And I'm talking to this couple next to me. And we're going on and on. And then I realized like an hour after talking to them that I've met them before and that they're friends with my cousin. (laughs) (laughs) Airports are the best. No, no. Good times at airports, yes, Greg. We have, we have. Stuck I, I, there yeah. for hours. Like I won't deny it, but I don't agree with you. I've just had so many bad times at airports that the for me outweigh the good. Mm-hmm. Katie, guilty pleasure. You're wrong. Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats the Musical. The movie oh, or the no. musical? The musical. I think we can void that. People yeah. like the the actual musical. I feel no, like it's but a it's really a guilty pleasure. Thing. Like yeah. no one, like you shouldn't like it. Some of the music, <laughs> some of the music is good. Skimble some of shanks. the music is good. Um, some fun. of the music is well written. As a musical, it's what? <laughs> yes. <clears throat> it's no Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat, am I right? But it's not Just- his. Okay, but it is. I will say it is much. Don't better. bring it up. Don't bring it up. He might be listening. The stats and information guy might no. be listening, so don't you oh, dare no. say Phantom of the Opera. No, yeah. no, don't you no, dare no, no, say no, no, Phantom, Phantom of the Opera, Opera is way better. Oh, you said it. It's, don't say it. Well, you, you scare it's away all your husband. fault, because I was actually going to mention <laughs> the sequel. Um, Love Never Dies oh, is so the worst musical I have ever seen in my life. Okay. And when I, I used to have season tickets, and it was Wait, horrendous. wait, to that? There's season tickets to Phantom of the Opera? No. Two? This is going to be a different show. All right. <laughs> I have season tickets <laughs> like, to no, the Boston maybe, Opera maybe he House wins this time. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> 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 All right, Mark, your guilty pleasure. <laughs> oh my god! You just have to leave it there. Heck? You have to leave it at that. Oh. pick something good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have it's dramatic pause. I feel like I'm at my season ticket musical. Okay. <laughs> 
hear me out. Mike's Hard Lemonade as the ultimate hangover cure. Oh, I thought you just meant in general. (laughs) (laughs) No. It's too sweet. Well, okay, so... No, the regular Mike's Hard Lemonade isn't too sweet. I think it is acceptable. It would never be my first choice at a bar, but my old roommates from college and I figured out that it's the perfect hangover cure. Mm-hmm. It's just gone. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a life force. And I, I will, embar- since this, that's not guilty enough, I will say to everyone that I've had a Mike's Hard Mimosa before. <clears throat> oh, okay. yum. So my final one and final for this year, I never understood where... You could be a video game player and watch streams of people playing video games and get out and people make millions and millions and millions of dollars a month, whatever. I like camping. I started watching on YouTube somebody camp. This isn't like bushcraft survival. This is just somebody camping and this isn't somebody funny. This is literally the most unfunny person out there. And the person doesn't cook food. The name is Steve Willis. <laughs> if you want to know. <laughs> this person. It is not funny. The food is fine, and I don't understand why I watch it, but I can't stop watching this camping show. And I'm telling you, you could not be less funny if you tried. Seems like a great guy. It's a camping show? He (laughs) goes camping on YouTube, and he has no jokes, Hmm. nothing you'd ever like take away from it, and I just watch it. Yeah, that's probably the guiltiest pleasure that's been said. Because yeah. I'm that. confused as to how you're even deriving pleasure from it. I don't know. Just like, I, oh, there's I, a I don't tent know. Over there. I don't know what's wrong with me. I watch it and I'm like, there's no jokes. There's no information. There's like no survival skills. It's just this guy you just want to be by himself in a tattered shirt <laughs> going camping. But, but I can't stop watching it. So here's the thing. Do you just like put it on because you put it on and it's a good go-to? Or are you like excited to fire it up? Because this is the distinction. I look for it. I look for it. I don't know why. That I don't is know guilty. why. That's so weird. Is it like people who watch mukbangs or whatever where it's like just people eating? Another guilty pleasure, because Shep said that Dr. Pimple Popper, I started watching that, it it, it kind of slaps. Oh, I kind of It does not. No, It's no, not bad. No. She's great. I forgot about that. The best part of that I show agree. is she's got this husband who, like, I don't know if he's got a contract. He comes in once a show. He's got his hair slicked back like Bubby Brister, and he just sits there, and she's like, hey, honey, I've got this thing. What do you think about this? I think it might be this, 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 or this. And he's like. Yep, I think you're on the right track, sweetheart. And then he just goes, this is gone. It's so great. He's the absolute best part of the show. And don't at me if you disagree. And we will see you next week.